what I want to do is read from the passage of Ephesians. And we're going to look at chapter 1 and just at the beginning of chapter 2. And I want to share with you some things that are in there. And I'm not just going to be reading it, but it's going to be proclaiming what it's there and proclaiming it as truth. And so at the beginning here, I just want to start out here, chapter 1, to the uh, people in Ephesus, a city way back in the day in uh, Macedonia. And it's the Apostle Paul writing to the new believers there in this city. And what he says, he starts out this way. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. All right, here's the woe, wait a minute, because what, what is Paul trying to sneak in here just in his greeting? I, I think sometimes we, we, we read this and we just want to go, yeah, 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 let's, let's get to the main stuff that Paul wants to talk about here. This is just this, his greeting stuff. He says this to everybody, doesn't he? No, he didn't. Didn't say it to everybody he wrote to. And, and when you read this, there's something here he's saying. It's just not the, the niceties. I know some of us are a little more matter-of-fact type of people. I mean, we could just do without all the niceties. We could just, let's just get to the matter of business. Most of us guys, we operate this way. You know, we have a phone call, and, and we, you know, when we talk on the phone, guy to guy, 30 seconds flat maximum on the phone. I mean, we just get down to business. That's the way it is. Now, this isn't niceties. This is, this is, this is part of the main stuff right here, okay? So let's take a look. What, what, what did Apostle Paul just try to sneak in here in his greeting? It says, praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us, that would be people who have faith in Christ Jesus, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Okay, now, wait a minute. Isn't this just a little too much here? I mean, first, God the Father has given His Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, and which is pretty phenomenal just in itself, that He would indwell our hearts. I mean, that, that's just pretty crazy. I mean, that's just out there. That is really hard to wrap your brain around in the first place. But then, beyond that, He gives us fruit that comes from His Spirit, fruit like peace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, Found in Galatians 5. You can read about that if you want to. But those things, and, and again, we have to grow those things. It just doesn't happen. But it's available to us. It's been given to us. And then beyond that, he gives us spiritual gifts. Things like what Sue mentioned, teaching, uh, encouragement, um, administration, the spiritual gifts that are listed in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and others. And then beyond this, he's saying, I want to give you every spiritual gift blessing. What in the world? What in the world is that about? You know, I, I always feel, you know, it's kind of like, but wait, there's more. You know, one of those commercials, you know, get the Ginsu knives thrown in with the package deal for $19.95. This is way better than that deal, okay? This is better than the Ginsu knife package. You know, this is something we can never pay for, never buy, never earn, never work for, never deserve in any way chalk another one up for God's grace. We've again been given a gift we don't deserve. We haven't been punked. We've been graced. Okay? We've been graced. I want to continue reading the rest of this passage because I think it's important that we hear the words. We hear the scripture out loud. But I want to make sure that we understand something before I go on and read the rest of this. Namely, that this is kind of the beginning of the mystery. Okay, this whole next four weeks we're going to talk about the mystery. What is that? Well, the answer is 
at the end of Ephesians. You can cheat and look ahead if you like this week. You can go home and read through Ephesians and look in Ephesians chapter 6. And somewhere in there, I'm not going to tell you, but it says, what is the mystery? Okay? But we're going to be talking about this. But part of the mystery is this spiritual blessing that God gives. And, and one is that God has said he has given this. This is past tense, okay? He's blessed Christ followers with every spiritual blessing. He hasn't left one blessing out for those of you who have faith in Christ Jesus. And I'm sorry to say that you're, if you're outside of the faith, if you don't follow Christ Jesus, then you'll just have to settle for the few material blessings that the Lord showers on every human being in His great mercy. You know, these spiritual blessings are only for His followers. It's true. And what I'll be describing today, I hope, will make you long, long for Christ and long for Him more. Now, I know that some of you who are Christ followers, you're probably saying to yourself, okay, you know, hey, if, if there are these spiritual blessings and he's, it's past tense, He's already given to us, you know, have I already experienced this and I didn't know it? What, what's going on? You know, I'd like to know about these things. You know, you're, I think your questions are sitting, starting to hit on the second thing I want you to understand. It is that there are spiritual blessings and they are spiritual blessings. Okay? There's spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. What does that mean? It means that they're not material, not in the physical world, and they exist in the unseen realm. Okay? But even though they're not material, here's what I want you to know. There are spiritual things that when they're recognized, when they're received and lived in, they make themselves known or they manifest themselves in the material world. For instance, uh, when I recognize the spiritual peace that God offers me by His Spirit, and I ask Him to help me tap in to that peace He's made available, it's part of the fruit of the Spirit, and I ask Him to help me be able to walk in that daily, it begins not only to affect me spiritually, but also mentally and physically. I mean, I become less mentally taxed. I'm not short or terse with people in my speech and my back and my neck. They start in my muscles. They start relaxing because I'm not so tense because I have peace and my blood pressure starts to drop. Okay? So, look, I don't understand all there is to spiritual blessings. I mean, what I'm talking about today is way over my head. That's another reason why we need to pray about this is that we need, all need to pray that we can understand what God is talking about here, what he's communicating to us through the Apostle Paul in this letter to the Ephesians. This part, is, it's part of the mystery of our faith. But I, I, I do, do I want to know all that God has to offer me? Do I want to walk in it and experience it? Yes. Yes, I do. And I hope you do too. Now let's, let's read some more. I'm going to be reading from uh, the message translation. The rest of this passage from Ephesians 1, 4. I'm going to read on. Let's see. I'm going to have to read from the screen here too. Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We're a free people, free of penalties and punishment, chalked up by all our misdeeds, not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such great delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ 
a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you once heard the truth and believed it. This message of your salvation found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming. A reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us. A praising and glorious life. That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the Christians, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thank. I ask. I ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing Him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is He is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life He has for Christians. Oh, the utter extravagance of His work in us who trust Him. Endless energy, boundless strength. What I want you to see there, and I want you to hear what's being said there, the Apostle Paul is praying that the believers in Ephesus will have the eyes of their hearts enlightened, open, and that God would give them wisdom to understand the hope that they've been called to and so that they can understand this way of life in Christ. They can understand all that God has already given us. We need to pray that we can understand the immensity of what God has done for us, how He has blessed us, this inheritance we've received as some more word-for-word translations say, you know, it's going to take prayer. In other translations, he says, I pray that God may give you a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may understand what God has given. And so what I like to just do right now, I just, I just like to stop and I just like us to pray. I, I just like ask us individually, just ask God, please give me wisdom. And when, when you ask for revelation, it just means reveal would you just please reveal to me what you've already done in my life, what you've given to me? And so let's just do this. We can do it silently. Just ask God that He would give us wisdom and He give our eyes, the eyes of our heart to be open. All right? Let's just pray this right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I want to continue reading from Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 20, picking up again here. All right. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments. No name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time, but forever. He is in charge of it all. Has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then ex exhaled disobedience. We all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with incredible love, 
he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us. And with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we did, we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both, the making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. And that's the first part that I want to share with you from Ephesians today. And talking about mysterious blessings. I want to share with you now what some of those spiritual blessings are. And um, all spiritual blessings begin with what just we ended reading there in Ephesians chapter 2. All begins with being made alive in Christ. When we were still dead in our sins, we've been saved by grace. That's where it all starts. The spiritual blessings come after that. Now the spiritual blessings, I, I can look through the scriptures and I can identify about 33 of these spiritual blessings that I can see in scriptures that are yours. And I only have time to share with you about six or eight of them. And so in a sense, I want to reveal some of the mystery to you of this every spiritual blessing. And I want to reveal it with God's help, hopefully. But I want you to know that there is much more. It goes beyond what those are listed in the scriptures and those what I'm going to mention today. And I believe that God has for us innumerable spiritual blessings awaiting us. This is all part of the excitement, the adventure of following Christ, is discovering. So I want you to join with me in trying to delve into this mystery of Christ and see what has been revealed. But knowing that there are some things that will remain concealed until God desires to bring them out into the open. Alright? So here we go. Here's one of the every spiritual blessings. It's found in Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Yep. That's one of them. The nearness of God. You've been spiritually blessed with that. Some of you can't remember feeling separated from God because you, you met Christ at such a young age. You maybe don't even realize what it's like. But really, consider the reality of the distance between God and yourself before salvation. The nearness of God is a constant reality, even when we feel distant to God. The feeling we have when we sin may uh, look like this little picture. We feel apart, away from God. But the reality for the believer is this. God is near. He's not far away. That is the reality. We can walk in the reality of this spiritual blessing of nearness if we just continue to confess our sin and that we align ourselves with God's will. It's simple. Simple. The writer George MacDonald said it would be a poor love. George MacDonald, he was, he was back in the day, right before C.S. Lewis, he was one of C.S. Lewis's heroes. And he said it would be a poor love that depended not on itself but on the feelings of the person loved. Like a crying babe when it's held to its mother's breast and the babe turns away from the mom. Mom doesn't say, well, I'm just going to put this baby away. No, she draws the baby even closer. Says, you need this. 
The same way that God pulls us close, even when we're at our worst, even when we say, I don't feel the love of God at all. You know, just look up. Say, God, look at the state I'm in. Help me. I need you. That's all we need to do. He's near us. Another spiritual blessing. You have been placed in Christ. Over 170 times in the New Testament, there's a reference to this truth of being placed in Him. And here are some of those instances. Romans 6.11, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8.1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then Romans 8.39, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 Corinthians 1.30, It is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us the wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and redemption. You are now vitally joined to Christ. You are in Him. You're in Him. Makes sense, maybe, of, of some of the words that Jesus prayed in His last prayer before He went to the cross. You can find it in John 17. And what He prayed for us, He, he prayed to the Father. He said, I pray that I might be in them as I am in you. And that they may be in us. I don't understand it all. I don't understand it. But this is part of the spiritual blessing of being and belonging to Christ. We're in Him. It's part of that mysterious blessing. Another spiritual blessing. You have access to God. Ephesians 2.18 declares that we have access to the Father by one Spirit. Here's what the spiritual blessing of access allows us to do. In Hebrews 4.16, we are told to approach the throne of grace with confidence. It's interesting that it's, it's a throne of grace, not a throne of judgment. Some of us are so scared to come before God because we, we condemn ourselves constantly. But we're not approaching the throne of judgment. We're approaching the throne of grace. It says we can approach it with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You can confidently come into the presence of Almighty God, the King of Kings, and make requests and seek help from Him in times of need. You have this privilege 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Take Him up on it, please. He is a God who does not sleep or slumber. He does not grow tired. He can hear you. He's ready. The famous Chicago preacher back in the day of the Chicago fire, Dwight Moody, once said that some people think God does not like to be troubled with our constant coming and asking. You know what? The only way to trouble God is to not come at all. Guys, go to Him. Go to Him. It's part of this spiritual blessing of being in Christ and being found in Him and having faith in Him. It's part of it. Come to Him. Approach the throne of grace. Let me tell you about another spiritual blessing. You are not only made a child of God, you are also adopted. Say what? Shouldn't it be the other way around? I was adopted by God, and that way, I, through that, I was made a child by adoption? No. This is real interesting. It's a real interesting thing. First, you were made a child of God. And, they, and it's talked about in Scripture as, as in natural, like a natural child that you were born. It says in John 1.12, Yet to all who received Jesus, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. 
Being born spiritually gives us the full rights of sons and daughters of God. He is no longer just our creator as human beings made in his image, but we are now his children who can call him Abba, the Aramaic word for Papa or Daddy, as our kids would say in this country. So if we are first made God's children through Jesus, then why do we later have this thing that's talked about in adoption? Why the need for this other spiritual metaphor or whatever you want to call it that's, that's introduced? Why natural children and then adoption? Well, there's something special that happens in adoption, and it's, it kind of is connected to the way that in the Roman world back in the day, how they did adoption. Adoption was a little different back then than it is today. Under Roman law, adoption had very strict rules. The adopter had to be male and childless. Now, the person being adopted had to be an independent adult. They didn't adopt children. They adopted adults. And the adult had to agree to the adoption. Once the legal procedure was done, the adopted per per person became a new person, as if they were born into the family as the firstborn of the family. It's a little different. So for us, our adoption as sons and daughters of God mean that God treats us as equal adult children, elevating us as co-heirs with Christ, with no period of irresponsible childhood acknowledged. It's like all that growing up part where we do all the stupid things. God kind of just, let's, let's just skip over that. I'll adopt you as, as an adult child into my family. You're, you're my natural child, but I'm also going to adopt you because I want to elevate you to like a firstborn status. To be co-heirs with Christ. And this is something that's talked about, Romans 8, 17. Heirs with God. It's an amazing thing. Let's go, wow. I've got to come up with a better word than wow someday. But that's all I can say about that. In light of, of some of these verses and this spiritual blessing of being adopted as children along with already being natural children, A.W. Tozer, the preacher and writer, expressed in his book, The Pursuit of God, he said this, I sense that I am a child of God. I know assuredly that God is my Father and I am the object of His constant love and attention. There steals over my soul the realization that His concern and care of me are never-ending, that His patience and compassion and mercy and understanding are always extended to me in every situation of life. No matter how unusual or adverse, there comes a quiet assurance to my heart that I am His and He is mine. Wow. Well, because of your family ties, another spiritual blessing, you are linked is this, you are linked in association with Christ. Uh, maybe another word that we would use is, is partner. You've been a made a partner with Christ. Uh, the scriptures tell that there are several aspects of this partnership or this association. In the scriptures it says we are partners with Christ in service. 1 Corinthians 3.9, for we are God's fellow workers. We are partners in His suffering. I know that's a blessing you didn't want to know about, but it's in there. i got to share it. Uh, we are we are partners in His suffering. 1 Peter 4.14 If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory of God rests on you. And the most amazing aspect of this blessing association is found in Ephesians 2.6 We are partners in position with Christ. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Okay, that's one that really kind of, my mind, I try to grasp that and that's hard. Because I'm going, okay, I, I'm still here. I'm not dead yet and I'm on this planet, but yet somehow, spiritually, we are seated with Christ because of our, of our relationship with Him now. Okay, there's one that you, you throw into that, Lord, give me wisdom, open my eyes to be able to understand this. 
because that's something. That's something that's, that's way out there. How is it that God is, is including us in this way? It's amazing. Another spiritual blessing is found in what you could call the much more care of God. God's love for unsaved man is infinite and perfect, yet the scriptures speak of a much more attitude of God towards his children. In Romans 5.8 states that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more, how much more, shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? The much more response of God makes us special objects of his love and grace. Did you know that? You're in that much more care. He really does care about you in a special way. I know some of us, when we, we read the scriptures, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, we think, you know what? There's a lot of people in this world. I mean, six billion plus on this planet. And you, you go back to elementary school and you think your little pie charts, and you're trying to take the pie chart and you're trying to cut it up into six billion pieces. Okay, I got one six billionth of this pie of God's love. And, and you kind of think of it that way. You know, it's not that way. Again, remember God, he's, 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 he's omnipresent. He can be fully present everywhere. And so he fully offers all of his love to each one of us. We get the whole pie, each one of us. And that is part of that much more special care and love that he offers to us. One last spiritual blessing that I want to share with you. If you put your faith in Christ and he is in you and you're in him, then the scriptures say that you are complete in Him. You are complete in Him. Colossians 2, 9 and 10 declares, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. You might be saying, well, Shannon, I don't really feel complete today. I feel like a mess. I feel like a bunch of broken pieces laying all over the floor. I know that I don't doubt the reality of your feelings. I don't doubt the reality of your life being maybe feeling like it's in pieces or feeling like you're incomplete. But I want you to know that the fullness of Christ is in your life and can be in your life. And we need to ask God that we can experience this. I know that maybe our feelings tell us certain things, but I want you just to know that your feelings are a mix of hormones and electrical impulses firing off through your nervous system and your, fe your feelings are a part of this natural material world. But there is another world, the heavenly realm, that is just as real and there are things that operate in this world that it can affect our spirit and soul. And despite what you feel, you are complete in Christ if your faith is in Him. And I want you to know that if you're single here today without a husband or wife, that you are complete in Him. A husband and wife or boyfriend or girlfriend will never make you complete. Can I say that again? Yeah. All right. A wife, a husband, a boyfriend, or girlfriend will not make you complete. Only Christ can do that. You know what? My wife may compliment me, and she does, but she doesn't complete me. Only Jesus Christ can do that. Right? This completeness, completeness and fullness doesn't rest on feelings, but it rests in something much more sure and steady and unshakable. It rests on the promises of God, 
for any of these spiritual blessings that I've shared with you today, they rest on what God has promised, His Word, His bond. I want you to be aware of these spiritual blessings, to be knowledgeable, and I hope and pray that you'll be able to experience these blessings too. That maybe someday you would sense, whether it's a physical sensing or a spiritual sensing, I pray that you would sense that these blessings are upon you. I want you to be able to participate in what God has offered to you. My main goal for today was for you just to be aware of that prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 and that you begin praying that in your life. Pray, God, give me wisdom and reveal to me what you've already given to me in, in my life. Just the same prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the Ephesians because I feel like we're in the same place and we need to be aware and we need to know to be able to participate in what God has to offer. Here's one of the things that that's happens. Sometimes when we grasp onto something, it's, it's like this woman I heard of. She went into a uh, institution uh, just because uh, she was just really uh, mentally unbalanced and, and when they took her in she was holding something in her hands and when, when they take somebody into an institution they have to make sure they don't have anything on them that will harm themselves and so th- they had a man there who was trying to pry open this woman's hands and she was so strong and so intense she was hanging on to something she wasn't going to let go it must have been really important and, and so anyway they, they called in another guy they took two guys trying to pry open her hands, hold down her arms and open it up. Couldn't do it. They brought in more staff. They pulled down this woman, trying to open up her hands, and it was, it was just a coin. They weren't even sure what the significance was of it. Sometimes I feel like that we are grasping on to things in this world, and we hang on to them, and we're just not going to let go. And I'm not even sure if there's any significance to what we're really hanging on to when it comes to to the light of eternity. And I think one of the things that happens is when we're hanging on to stuff like this, it keeps us from receiving what God has because our hands are already full. And what we need to be able to do is to let go so our an- hands are empty and they're ready to receive what God has to offer us. And so that's my prayer for us today is that we would let go of the things that we cling to that really maybe don't have very much significance and that we'd open our hands and be able to receive what God has to offer us, the spiritual blessings that He has, this mysterious blessing that He wants to offer us. Pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, today I, I talked about things that are way over my head, Lord, but it's there in Your Word. It's, it's in, in this letter to the Ephesians and and it's something I don't want to avoid it's something that I want us to understand if you've given us more I want us to be able to experience it as a church not just me and Lord we do pray we give us wisdom to understand that you give us revelation uh, that you would open the eyes of our heart that we might be able to see what you've offered us so Lord we pray this simply And just ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.